Hello, this is Jeff Daly with the Daily Dose of Veterans Intel. As you can see, we're doing things a little bit differently today. We're not just doing audio anymore. We're now adding video. We're also trying to improve our audio a little bit so that uh, we can improve upon this voice and not annoy you all up in your ear hole. So we are going to get started. I'm going to reintroduce myself to you right after this. Welcome to your daily dose of veteran intel. I'm your host, Marine Corps veteran and American Legion Hollywood Post 43 member, Jeff Daly. Okay, so while I may have stepped away from Daily Dose of Veterans Intel, I have definitely not been away from podcasting. If you don't know, I'm one of the three co-hosts on the National American Legion's Tango Alpha Lima podcast. You can find it at legion.org slash Tango Alpha Lima, all smushed together. And I love that show. I love the banter with Mark and Ashley, and we just have a great time doing it, and we get out some great information, and it's probably a broader audience than I ever was able to get with this. And people have been giving me feedback. They really enjoy the Tango Alpha Lima, but they're kind of missing this, this one-on-one, -on -one, this one-on-one -on -one with you, I guess, uh, interaction that we have here at Daily Dose of Veterans Intel and how I can kind of dig deep into one subject area if I choose or do interviews. But what we're going to do is, because during the time when we were starting Tango Alpha Lima, I was kind of making a Venn diagram to make sure that it wasn't doing the same things. Like, why would somebody listen to this if I'm doing the same thing as I'm doing over there? So we're trying to do things a little bit differently here. Some things are going to be a little more entertainment focused with veterans. Um, it's going to be California focused with veterans. And uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about myself as well. In fact, today I'm going to give you a special treat. I tell this story sometimes in gatherings with people who I trust. And that's you. And one of the things that a lot of people in the military or who have been in the military do is they, they talk about their war stories and things that almost killed them. I love hearing people's origin story. And that's kind of what, you know, these superhero movies are now. They're about the origin story. So this is the origin story of Jeff Daly going from civilian life to Marine Corps life. And it was quite shocking. It started in my junior year of high school. My junior year of high school, my really good friend was a senior and he was joining the Marines. And I was about five foot, nothing wet. And I guess uh, your, your soakage doesn't affect your height. So I was about, I don't know, five, six or seven, probably weighed a buck 35, buck 40, wet. It works there. And uh, so I had a little Napoleon thing going, and I'm like, I'm going to do it too. And they told me about the delayed entry program, and I looked around and I was like, well, I can't wear any of those other uniforms. Only the Marine Corps will do. So yes, one of my first 
One of my first decision-making metrics was the look of the uniform, and all the rest of them scored way down here, and the Marine Corps scored way up here. So I walked into the Marine Corps uh, recruiting office, and I said, I said, good afternoon. I would like to join the Marine Corps. And let me start out by saying that this is going to be the easiest recruiting job you ever have if I don't get annoyed. So I just want to sign up. I want to do the delayed entry program, but I want my senior year of high school to be left alone. I don't want to come do meetings and, and other things like that. And then he was like, slow down, son. Uh, we need to take this pre-ASVAB test. And he talked in that scratchily voice that uh, I would become all too familiar with in just a little bit. So I took this pre-ASVAB test and it was pretty simple and I just and they took it and they scored it and then they're like okay now we got to get you scheduled for the real ASVAB. It's like oh, another test and they couldn't do the test there. You had to go to the state thing and um, so I was like okay but let's talk about this. I don't want to I don't I just want to do four years I have this dream of being a renaissance man, and the only time you can be a warrior is when you're young, so I want to get that over with, and then I'm going to go on, I'm going to do other great things, I'm going to be a scholar, and an athlete, and a creator, an inventor, and an entrepreneur, so i got big plans, the Marine Corps is part of it, and they're like, we hear you, you have to take that ASVAB test. So I was introduced to the policies and procedures of the military right away. So I go and take the ASVAB, blah, blah, blah. It was great. Got an awesome score. Could choose anything that I wanted to do. And at the time, the cliche was, well, I want to work in computers. So they made me an admin. Uh, and it was going to be an, an MOS that no longer exists. It's 0131 unit diary. And uh, I was like, that sounds amazing. Let's hook that up. Did they tell me about six-year contracts where you could get, you know, advanced promotion? And did they tell me about cool jobs that I hear about now, like combat camera? What? Combat correspondent? You mean I could have been out there armed with both an M16 and a camera? That would have been awesome. But nope. Nobody told me about any of that. So I signed up and I went through my senior year. They mostly left me alone. Um, I think I went to two things and I learned some very valuable lessons. Uh, we did one because I wanted to make sure that you could pass the PFT when you got to boot camp and that was fine. And then we had another one where they tried to simulate some boot camp experience by yelling at us and, and things like that. And they gave me very good advice. If there's anybody out there who's going to join the military, remember this. You never want to finish first, and you never want to finish last. If you draw attention to yourself, they will give you a nickname. They, those funny nicknames like that you see in the movies, or the, the drill instructors calling them things. Those, they have those. They know what they want to use those for. So if you can avoid those for the first couple of weeks, you can fly a lot under the radar. That's good, good, good advice. Don't finish first, don't finish last. So I remember that from that lesson. And that last year, that last summer, I was chilling and uh, I was doing, uh, I did a lot of theater. So I was doing uh, summer theater and our last uh, play, don't even remember what it was. And 
I, w- I had a role in it, and it was fine because I had about a month left before boot camp. Oh, but did I? I get notified. You are, we're pushing your date up. And I was like, yeah, but that's a week before the play closes. Uh, and I realized that they lacked the capacity to care less about my theater experience. So I had to inform the director and my castmates that I would not be finishing the play. And I was going to go to boot camp, and I remember my mom, uh, who was a, an Air Force brat, so my grandfather was in the Air Force, and, uh, and she was very supportive of my, of my choice to go into the military. She probably didn't think it was the wisest thing to uh, choose the Marine Corps, but she did not attempt to talk me out of it. And we had, uh, we had brunch at the country club, yes, my last meal before going into the Marine Corps was brunch at the country club. And then, uh, so I go from go from brunch at the lunch rec- at the country club to getting on a bus to Detroit. Those are two things that were not common words in my life: the bus and Detroit. I grew up in Kalamazoo, Michigan, two and a half hours west of Detroit and those two and a half hours were not a trip that was made very often. So I get on this bus and I go to MAPS and then I find out which is the military entrance processing something whatever and I go there and I find out that we're an experimental platoon which is why I got pushed up. We're going to be one of the only platoons at that time ever to all consist of people from a single state. They wanted to see how that would work if having some kind of common root bond would make people want to stay in the service even longer. I don't know how it worked because I did not stay longer. I got out as soon as I could. And we had a great time. We were in we were in Detroit together in a hotel, and we were there for a couple days, two or three days. We went to a Detroit Tigers baseball game. I was like, the military is going to be amazing. And then we got on the plane, headed to San Diego, and we landed. We go into the airport. We are met by people in drill instructor covers. And they assembled us, and they, they weren't too bad with the yelling, but they assembled us in, you know, little lines of somewhat of a formation, and we sat cross-legged style in the middle of the airport and for, for what seemed to be an extraordinarily long amount of time. And we just sat there, and we couldn't say anything. We had to be completely quiet. People are walking by, and I, I just always had the feeling they thought we were all in a cult. But, you know, they're San Diego people, so they probably are super familiar with that and understand what is happening. Then we get on a bus, and there's a different set of people with the drill instructor cover. And they were cool. They were cool, and they were just like, yep, yeah, we're going to take you, and we're going to get you over there and keep in mind it's really it's late it's night time it's like should be sleepy sleep and we're from michigan so it's three hours even later we really should be sleepy sleep and we get to the base and those the rather cool dudes in the drill instructor covers were replaced they were replaced with little tasmanian devils who ran onto the bus 
They run onto the bus and they say lots of things, but the things that I remember most are that these people, these sergeants, they're E5s in the military. They own everything. It's their bus that you have to get off, and then you're going to get onto their parade deck, and then you're going to put your, your feet in their footprints that are painted there because, and I quote, you are too stupid to know how to stand properly. Under my breath, I said very clearly to anyone who was close, I think I've made a huge mistake. These would be words that I would repeat almost daily during boot camp. So we get, we rush off of there and we stand on the footprints and, you know, and, and they're, they're yelling at us more and we're, sir, yes, sir, and they're saying louder and we say it the same volume, but they act like we said it louder because everyone was scared and we said it as loud as we possibly could the first time. Then we go and we do all the things that you see in the movies. They're, they cut your hair, they throw you clothes, and you get all your stuff and you shove it in a sea bag and you're on your way and you think, oh, whew, it's so late. Finally going to go to bed. Nope. I don't remember everything we did because it was freaking late and I was freaking tired. But we were up all night long. All night and all the next day until night happened upon us again. And I probably said an inordinate amount of times, I think I've made a huge mistake. So that is my origin story. And maybe perhaps that later I will uh, do more of these stories, but it's not all about me. So I'm not going to do it all the time. But because I've been away for so long, I wanted to reintroduce you to me. And I wanted us to become bonded and friends. So you got that story today. And I'm going to have a lot of diversity of content coming up. I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about some issues dealing with the American Legion veterans, um, things going on in the Department of California American Legion, some training stuff that we have coming up because I'm on the training committee. I'm also on the Media and Communications Commission. So... I have a lot of content that we can talk about, but a theme that I want to have is I want to talk about how do we build this thing to be even better? How do we build this thing for maximum yet sustainable growth where we're fostering engagement with our members and we're and we are encouraging people to step up and grow in leadership and that we make the American Legion not just the best veterans organization in this country, but potentially the best, most influential, and uh, most populated with the highest caliber individuals of any organization in these United States. In short, how do we make the American Legion a place where no one will ever say, I think I've made a huge mistake.